And welcome back to another uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 stories. This time I think we're just going to do something a little fun and go go back into your memory of the game and everything. You know, especially if you haven't been playing it recently or you know, it's it's been a while since you thought about it or played played it. Um it's similar to, you know, the podcast episode I had with the, you know, your favorite um point in the game. And that was more of a generalized thing, you know, almost like chapter by chapter, like what what in a general sense was your best feel of the game? What what spot, you know, was it, was it chapter three? Was it chapter four? Was it chapter two? You know, in more of a general sense. Um, I think this time I'd like to, you know, I, I, I started to think about my favorite, like, specific points of the game, like moments. Um, like your specific favorite moment of the game or the ones that stand out when you think back and you, and you, you think of, oh yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, what's... What's that mental image you get? What's the thing that you instantly flash to? Um, or then you start thinking about it. What are those other things that then now pop to mind? You know, the second, third, fourth thing you think about, and then, and then, oh yeah, you know the, you know those other things, and you know as as it starts flooding back, what are what are some of those specific moments that that flood back to your mind, and and why? Um, you know, it could be. A conversation, you know, you had with somebody like a cutscene or or any conversation could be um, a specific bit of action. Something happened, you know, uh, something shocking or something cool happened. Um, could be like cinematic. That's why you remember it. You know, very scenic or cinematic. Um, could be music. You know, just musically. You know, and 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 everything kind of come together that way um just yeah you just remember that that feeling that vibe that moment because of the music um or a combination of scenery or cinematic elements and music or something but yeah what are those favorite or most memorable um moments specific moments not like a generalized area of the game but a moment um and that is what I started to think about, and I started to have some fun there, and 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 that's where we'll start today. But then I want to kind of transition into something else, because when I did this exercise in my own kind of head, I just kind of sat down and started to think and kind of chronologically went throughout the game and just was like, oh yeah, that moment for sure, and oh yeah, that one, you know, and I started to, to think through. And then I kind of discovered like something else as I did that exercise, and so you know, then I'll jump into that after. But I think first, it'll be fun to just kind of highlight some of those moments and why. Um, And I'll throw, I'll throw some out there, but 
you know, I'd love to hear your guys' feedback. Um, you know, in past episodes, you know, the, the, the best point in the game one and stuff like that. I got some feedback from people and they mentioned some moments and everything. And, and that's, that's really fun. I'd love to hear your guys' feedback because everybody's going to have different moments that stand out to them for different reasons. And then it's just fun to hear, hear other people's and, and why. And so, yeah, that's a ton of fun. So I think we'll start there and I'll just start by tossing some out. And, um, like I said, I'm going to miss some and, you know, that might've been your, your most memorable moment, you know, I don't know, but, um, yeah, we'll start there. We'll go through that. And then, and then I'll, I'll get into that other observation I made when I was doing this. So, um, I mean, start from the very beginning. I thought the opening cutscene is one of those moments that when I think back on the game, Red Dead Redemption 2, and it pops into my mind the first time in, you know, maybe a month or something. I haven't played it or thought about it or anything else. And Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that opening scene is it quickly floods back in. It's it's not the number one thought, but if I'm just starting somewhere, like chronologically, it's a huge moment. Um, I think especially it hits you so much because you're instantly flash back to the first time you played it and you're just in awe of so many things all at once. You're getting hit from so many different directions at once. Um, the, the cinematography, you know, the, the, just the look of the game, the lighting, the, you know, the graphics, the, 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 the sounds, the voice actors, the audio, everything, you know, is, is just hitting you all at once. Like just, wow, you can't quite believe what you're seeing. It's so, it looks so good. It's so cinematic. It draws you in from the very beginning. Um, and so, yeah, from, from the wagons and the snow and the wind and everything. And then, and then, you know, Jose opening that door of that cabin and that light of that lantern just kind of bouncing around off of everything and, you know, everybody piling in and, you know, just the, you know, Davey unfortunately didn't make it and then Dutch's uh, kind of motivational speech and then it just kind of goes on from there. But it's just a, it's one of those moments and, you, you know, you're simultaneously like excited and anticipatory for what is going going to happen you know you're like wow this is already amazing i can't wait to see you you know more and what i'm going to get into and then you're also blown away by what you're seeing and hearing and and then you're also trying through all that trying to be focused and pay attention because you're getting just hit with all kinds of information you know just who and what and where and it's just that opening scene is very memorable it's very cinematic. It's it's the intro to the game. And, of course, it's memorable for, for that. Um, the rest of Chapter 1 is, is cool. It has moments. But, you know, if I try to stay somewhat high level, I would say I flash to leaving. Leaving uh, Coulter at the end of Chapter 1. Um, this is an absolutely beautiful epic scene um that i always remember um you know leaving there just that cinematography again um the music that they chose there it's just perfect and 
it's just so scenic as as you guys are coming out of the mountain you know all the different angles of the camera from far away and from over here and you're seeing streams and lakes and rocks and you know more and more of the thaw and more terrain showing through and trees and grass and and dirt you know less snow and just all that it's just like it's just a whole emotion that you you can't help but feel just like the the gang members are feeling like that relief to 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 have made it through and be out of there you know now you're you got optimism and excitement and yeah it's just like just those emotions of like okay now like another you know kind of a rejuvenation a rebirth uh like let's let's a, a new opportunity like that's a cool moment that i always think back to and remember as one of those just like just epic moments that was just perfectly done um and then now you go into you know horseshoe overlook and into chapter two and again there's a lot of moments you could choose here and you know i i'm choosing to kind of probably skip a lot of them but there are a lot of cool ones um I would say, usually when I look back, I look back to chapter two and just remember just that exact thing, that, that the emotions and the vibe of it, like just that high morale, you know, kind of optimism, the, the relief, the, you know, everybody's real excited and anxious to get out there and, and let's you know, let's make this right kind of thing. Um, and so the moments that I remember in that chapter kind of go along with that. Um, you know, one being Arthur sort of shifting big time as well. Um, the Arthur in chapter one is just completely different than the Arthur in chapter two and most of the rest of the game is in chapter one, he just like didn't want to do any, he, he like begrudgingly did everything. Um, everybody had to drag him along into action. You know, he didn't really want to do anything. Um, you know, that very opening cutscene that I mentioned, um, you know, Dutch's little motivational speech, and he's like, okay, Arthur and I are going to ride out. And he's just like, in this? Like, like he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go out there right then and try to find Micah or John or anything. Um, and then when it came to searching for John. He didn't want to go look for John. Like he's like, he'll be fine. Things always turn out right for him. Like just cause he got lost in a snowstorm for a day or two, he'll be fine. You know, or he may have just left us again. We don't know. Like he's like, I don't, he didn't want to do that. He had to kind of be drug out there by, you know, Abigail, Hosea and Javier, you know? So again, the very first two things we do is like, he didn't want to do them. You know, the hunting thing with Charles, same thing. He was kind of bad mood, didn't want to do it. You can't go hunting. Look at your hand, Charles. You know, like Charles had to kind of drag him along. Like, let's go, you know, um, to go to the O'Driscoll camp. I think the same thing. He's kind of like, are you sure about this Dutch? Like, you know, folk been through a lot recently. Like, we're hardly back on our feet yet, you know, and, you know, we don't do the revenge thing and all this stuff. And it was just like, he didn't want to do that either. He's just like... So the theme of chapter one was like, Arthur didn't want to do any of this and he had to be drug along, you know, he had to drag him along, convince him, you know, to get in, 
to take action and he begrudgingly would, you know, but, um, and so that's why when chapter two comes along, I guess the moments that I think of the most that stick out to me the most are pertain to that transformation. Like that's where you get to see like the real Arthur kind of come back. It seems, you know, like, and it just, there's, I guess three main conversations or quick ones that pop out to me that you kind of see like, Oh yeah, he is, he is the real deal. He is an action taker. He is, you know, you know, this is the real Arthur. And, you know, one of those is the Jimmy Brooks, um, encounter. And I guess not everybody gets that. If you, you know, if you choose to pull them up off the ledge, Jimmy Brooks, um, then you'll have a cool little conversation there where you kind of get to see the real Arthur, you know, a little bit of wittiness and a little bit more of his, you know, his real, real side, you know, and scares, scares him. And you get, I don't know, it's just a cool, memorable interaction that I really like. And I always think back to a second one is a is a quick one, but that's the you know when Reverend Swanson is out there at Flat Neck Station and he's playing poker and he's just drunk out of his mind, you know those guys want him to keep playing, and of course Arthur, you know just really quick views, just like he's like yeah he can't even see, let alone reason, and you know reasoning has never been one of my strong suits either, but seeing I do just fine. So do you want to step outside or handle business here? You know and like just like leans in on the table or Adam and it's just like, Oh, okay. Okay. This is a different Arthur than chapter one. And I like this Arthur, you know? So that was another conversation again, where I was just like, yeah, this, this, you know, Arthur is different than, and then I thought, you know, I, I, I'm liking him, you know, chapter one, he seemed just kind of grumpy and didn't want to do anything, but now, now I'm seeing who he is, you know? So that's why these stick out to me. And then, um, Another one would be at the saloon when we run into like the Arthur, uh, the author rather, and um, Jim Boy Calloway. And that's a good one too, where just you kind of just another little glimpse of his, his wit. And um, just you get the fact, you, you kind of get the idea that Arthur's kind of the, the real deal, right? He's, he's kind of been there, done that. He's kind of more or less the gunslinger that you would write books about or, or the type of person you would write books about, not this, this Callaway kind of clown, you know? So, um, you get to see a little bit of that too, of just Arthur's real side. And, and so just that whole, some of those conversations stick out to me as, as moments that I, I remember from chapter two, because of that, it, it they all leaned into that kind of transformation of Arthur. And so, that's why those stick out. There was uh, several other things in chapter two that you could choose as well, moments that, but, you know, I can't list every single one. Um, I would say another one w- would be, though, w- would be fishing with Jack. That's, you know, it was such a, such a big event as far as, I mean, tying all the way to the very end of, you know, the first game. Um yeah, it was just a cool mission. It was innocent. It was, it was, um, it was nice. And then obviously the Pinkertons show up, and you get to see that side of Arthur again, you know. And 
that's obviously a, a memorable kind of moment um, done really well. Even subtle cinematography things there is just that's that's one I think we all remember fishing with Jack and then the Milton and Ross showing up. Yeah. Um, uh, trying to stick with big moments. I mean, you kind of fly through into chapter three and a a big one, and it was just a mission. It was just super cool. I thought was the when we get captured by the O'Driscolls and and. Arthur having to escape their their camp there. That was just really cool. That was really fun um, to, you know, get yourself freed and, you know, kind of cauterize and heal up your wound and, and, you know, grab whatever you grabbed. You took what the one guy had come down, you grabbed some throwing knives, and you just kind of have to somehow sneak out of there without being seen. You got, like, no health. You don't have any of your weapons, your whores, nothing. You have to sneak over there and get that stuff and get out of there. And it's just that was a that was a very memorable mission. It was very cool, I thought. And so, you know, that's another moment that was just like I remember. Even though it was just a mission, and there were several missions that were tons of fun, but that one sticks out. Uh, another one from that chapter that I have written down here is is burning down the tobacco fields with Sean. I think it was the Grays um, tobacco field. So, and that mission was was there was a lot going on and it was super cool. It was well done. Um, I mean, everything from kind of low key stealth like you know um, little twist with it when you're kind of just hiding in the back of the wagon, you know, first person kind of peeking through and you're you're listening to Sean and everything and you kind of sneak in there and that's that's pretty cool and then and then you get the whole other side of that well and then you're still you know stealthily going around and and, you know whatever you're doing spreading the moonshine throughout the fields and everything and um but then it gets crazy so you got all that stealth and and sneaking around and kind of the cool aspect with that and then all of a sudden you set those things ablaze and in the barn and now it's chaos and now you're like it's gunfights through flames and smoke and, you know, and then you're on, you cut those horses free. You're on these horses and it's just more chaos. And so that mission just, I don't, I just, it's a memorable one. I always, whenever I think back to the game, like that's one that pops up, like, like a highlight, you know, like that mission was kind of crazy. That was fun. You know, Sean was a riot. Um, Another one around that same time and it's just because Jose is so cool but um uh Fenton and that's all you got to say right Fenton like that that little role play thing you're just like this you're, you're turned idiot you know and you go serve a bunch of uh drinks at uh who was that, that was the Gray's Tavern or something or saloon in, in Rhodes right and so that's just a fun one just because it's it's Hosea you know, Hosea doing what Hosea does best. And that was, that was a fun one. I, I just always remember that. It was just, it was a good time. Um, skipping forward some more, um, another mission that I always remember. It was one of my favorites, probably not on the radar for a lot of people. I'm not sure. Um, because it was pretty low key, 
but it was called the Gilded Cage, and you know, kind of a, a twist on you know just the Gilded Age, and it was where you were invited to the party at the mayor's house, you know, by Angelo Bronte, and so you got all dressed up and rode in a nice carriage, and and you just kind of mingled around this place with all the other high society folks of San Denis and try to get get information and everything, and it's it was just for me as a history you know lover like it was really cool you know it goes back to a previous podcast of mine about just the whole desire to have um like time travel games like it doesn't need to be chaos crash bang boom all sorts of stuff for me you know like that mission right there was one of my favorites in the whole game simply because of it just really kind of transported me and gave me an idea of what it would be like to live in that time period and be able to go to a a higher society kind of gathering and and it was just really cool um from i mean and just all the details right the house itself walking through that house and the different rooms and the 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 lights and the carpeting and the the architecture and you know just really cool house super cool house um the lighting all around that place, whether it be, you know, lanterns, torches, other lights, whatever. It was just, it was a really cool feel. And I really, really enjoyed that mission, even though it wasn't like incredibly exciting um, in the traditional way. So, but the Gilded Cage is one that for me stands out. It sticks out and as just one of those, one of the best missions of the game for me. Um, similar time there would be a funny one, which was, which was pretty cool, which would be when Arthur got, uh, in his words, uh, robbed by a bunch of children. So, and we all know what I'm talking about there. We're trying to find Angelo Bronte and, um, supposedly these kids know where he is and, oh, they're going to take, they're going to take Arthur to him. But of course they, they steal his satchel and lead him on a chase around the town till you finally... They finally kind of corner you in an alley and you end up getting it back and finding your information and everything. But that's, that's a fun, um, it's a fun mission that I, I think we all remember pretty well. It was, it was a good time. Um, I didn't catch the kid. I've, I've seen that you can, but I didn't, you know, in any of my playthroughs, you know, I didn't like, I just ran after him and I was always, I was always just one step too slow, you know, but so it was, it was a, it's a fun one. Um, and then that's about as far as I got with this type of, um, exercise when I was thinking about individual moments, um, as far as chronologically goes, because you started to get here and all of a sudden I I got, I started to get to where like things just kept being right on top of one another, like, Oh, this moment and that moment they were almost like simultaneous and happening on top of one another. And and it just seemed like they like the pace picked up as how, how many memorable moments there were or something but then that's when i re- came to this realization of like the game did a really good job of when things of of like flow and and connecting these things when when the pace picked up when you were getting to the climactic areas of the game 
it did intentionally kind of like not give you that pause in between. And, you know, at the end of the game, there was just more and more of that, it felt like. But it was like that all the way through, actually. Um, and when I thought back, it's like I kind of I kind of understood this, but when I thought back some more, I saw exactly just how much, like, you would start with one event or mission or whatever, and then it would essentially just kind of, like, keep you and funnel you right to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, you know, especially at the end of chapters or certain moments, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, this happened and then there was a pause and then you had to go to another icon on the map to 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 kick off the next event. Like, no, it would just kind of automatically roll you through for quite a while, actually, if you thought about it in some of these areas. And so, so then I did and I started to think about like how well it, how, how well the game did that. And so like even the opening scene, like I said, the opening cutscene was, was long enough. And it, and that's, if you go, if, if all you consider that cutscene is, is going to the end of Arthur, or uh, uh, Dutch's little motivational speech, and then you, you know, Dutch and Arthur step outside, right? And then you guys are going to mount up and go riding out and seeing if you can find either Mike or John, right? If, if you view that as the end of the cutscene, and it, I guess, technically is, but it's not like there's a pause. Like, you're still, like, mid-task now. Now it's, like, mount your horse. Now it's, you know, ride ride with, with Dutch. And, and so it really doesn't end. It just continues. And you ride with Dutch for a minute, and then you find Micah, which is another cutscene, but it's... I would argue still tied to the original opening cutscene. And then that kicks off the Adler Ranch mission, which, you know, then kicks off the cutscene, you know, the the cabin burning down and you guys riding away and riding into the camp and like explaining what happened to some of the people and all the way to the point where they tell you you have a place to sleep. And then you you can, right? Like, that's actually the end of the f- opening cutscene. So the opening cutscene is, like, not only cutscene, but then a little bit of tutorial and writing to another cutscene, to a mission, to another cutscene, you know, to, you know, maybe even another cutscene, depending on how you classify that. So super long, tied together, a bunch of things to to make it fluid and cohesive rather than just, you know, opening cutscene. Now you have to go to Dutch on the map to then kick off the thing where you go looking and then, you know what I mean? And then, like, it's just really fluid and it just connects and goes and goes and goes. And that's like a minor, I mean, it's an example, but a minor one. But that's from the very beginning. And then later on in that chapter, another kind of instance of that is like the I believe it's like the train, is it the train robbery maybe, where like you essentially go to that mission and it's a long mission by itself. And then essentially like there's no pause in between that. There's, you don't go kick off the the move from Coulter to Horseshoe. It's just like the train mission just rolls you right into that cutscene essentially where now you're just packing up and you're going so you know, you go, you go to a train mission, but you end up doing a train mission and, you know, 
that goes on and on and on, and then it goes into a cutscene, and now you're moving, and now you're at a new camp. Like it's just, it tied together a, a lot more than you thought in just one cohesive thing. Um, and then there are, it just gets, it gets more and more like that, like bigger and bigger examples of that. Um, where I believe in chapter two, I think it's like you just go do a mission with John. You know, that's all you're doing. And like, okay, that turns into, well, let's go to the gunsmith and let's get a rifle with a scope. And now we're doing, you know, now we're doing this and we got the sheep and you're herding them all the way to Valentine and you get them in there and, oh, that guy kind of knows that you stole them. So he's kind of ripping you off. And you think that's the end of the mission, right? But no, now you got to walk over to the saloon because, you know, Dutch is there waiting for you, which then kicks off Cornwall and his men and that crazy scene where you got to shoot your way out of Valentine barely which then kicks off like getting back to camp and needing to move which then kicks off where do you move so you go right in with Charles to this area that Micah had said which then leads you right into this German family that's there like it and then well, there's a dead guy there or whatever, but then, you know, the German family, which then leads you to Clement's point and rescuing him and then, you know, getting the gold ingot and all that and more cutscenes and everything. And then, okay, this is a better camp. And now the whole camp moves there. So it's just like that is all tied and connected and you don't really get out of that loop. I mean, you start what looks like to be a regular mission with John and then there's like, I don't know. 40 minutes of stuff that follows you know it's like it's really well done and it 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 just lends itself to the 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 chaoticness of it and it's designed to make your head spin you know just like the gang members are right like like you are all of a sudden just like you, you know your head spinning and twirling like it's chaotic like man you were just herding sheep a second ago and now it's like gunfights and this and now you're going scouting for that now you're helping this german family now this and now you know it's just like you know like man yeah we gotta go like we gotta you know it's just it's done really well it's fluid it's cohesive you might not realize it at the time just like how many things are all basically like connected you know it's not like you kicked off each one of those events you know, in your mind, they're almost like separate, like there's six different things. But really, it was just like all one thing kicked off by like one mission. And it's really cool the way they, they did some of that at key moments. And they did it really well. Um, you know, uh, well, again, at the end of chapter three, right? Obviously, all the key moments, they did that really well. So... I mean, I think you're just going to go do a mission for, what is it, the Greys or something. And you go into Rhodes. And then, again, kicks off a bunch of stuff, right? All of a sudden, it's, you're ambushed, Sean's dead, crazy shootout. You barely get out of there, get back to camp. And now it's, where's Jack? And Abigail's freaking out, where's my son? Where's my son? They don't know where Jack is. They think the Braithwaite's took him. Oh, my gosh, like... Then you are mounting up and you got basically every gun in the gang with you and you guys ride over there to one of the most epic moments in the entire game. 
um, that scene. And I purposely didn't say it the first time through because I knew I'd be touching on it here. But um, that moment is just epic, right? As you, as you guys are walking up to the Braithwaite Manor, right? It's just all of you guys. It's just epic. Like the, the lighting, um, the camera angle, like the cinematography, just the camera low behind all of us as we... And our whole gang just is walking towards that house and the moonlight coming down like through through us and just the music playing it's just this epic moment kind of gives you like chills or goosebumps you're just you know you, everybody's got this just like adrenaline going through them and it's it's really well done it's a it's a moment that you don't forget for sure and then the just the rest of that mission too you know is is really good and so that it doesn't stop there though like i said the, it just keeps it just keeps going you know what started off with you know a mission in roads for the grays you thought all of a sudden, it's like Sean's dead, crazy gunfights. Now Jack's gone. Where is he? Oh, we think the Braithwaite's gone. Now this epic scene and ride and this epic mission, which then just rolls right into another cutscene back at camp where you're talking about, like, you know, like the fact that we got to keep our heads on because nobody takes a boy to hurt him. Like they're just taking him to scare us and all this. We got to, we'll, we'll find him, you know. You're doing good, John, and all that to all of a sudden Milton and Ross show up in camp. And so now that rolls into we got to get out of here, which then rolls into like you and John going to Shady Bell to make sure that's, you know, free and clear again for the whole gang to move down into there. And so it just, again, you... You, you may in your mind think of all those things as separate, right? Like Sean dying and that Rhodes thing, right? That's a that's a separate moment type of thing, right? And then the Braithwaite mission is another epic mission. But really, it's almost like the same one. It's like you don't really get a... You don't really get a breath in between them. It just goes from one to the next, really. And then all the way down to... The, the Pinkertons in camp in that moment, all the way down to Shady Bell and the whole gang moving into Shady Bell, all the wagons coming in, right? So it's all tied together in one, essentially one long moment, one long cutscene mission moment. And so it's just done so well, the fact that it is all tied together. <clears throat> it just helps lend everything to that cohesive, like climactic, adrenaline filled head spinning like confused moment to to have you as the player of the game more immersed and feel more like what the gang members are feeling you know you don't get a you don't get a they try not to give you a chance to like pause the game put it down and and pick it up next week or tomorrow or in an hour or something, right? They, they they try to like get you through that entire area of the game all at once. And it's done really, really well. 
And even when you look back, you think of them as separate individual missions and moments. And but really, it wasn't. It was just like all like that was just like one hour of time that just like it didn't let you go. You know, it just grabbed you and just like brought you through all that all at once. And so that was kind of like what the end of uh, chapter three into chapter four. And then four kind of does the same thing with a big, you know, and this one's, it, it definitely is crazy. And you could almost argue even crazier if you, if, yeah, I'll, and I'll just explain. So you, you start off with, you know, a bank heist and it's just, that's the way it seems like it is. It's just going to be a bank heist. Like, you, you did the trolley station. That was a bust. You tried this. You tried that. You're trying things. And, you know, so it's like, okay, bank heist. Hopefully this is the one, you know. And that's where it starts. Next thing you know, Jose is dead. <laughs> John and Abigail are captured. Moments later, Lenny's dead. You guys are running for your for your lives across rooftops. You find a window. You kind of you know sit there for till dark where you sneak out all one cutscene, mind you it's not like you got time to stop but now you're sneaking out across trying to get to the docks you're sneaking through the trolley cars and trying to get to the docks and you and you get on a boat again no stopping no cut no no really it's just one big cutscene. now you're stowaways on a ship and you're you know out at sea and now there's storm clouds moving in. <laughs> now you're now you're woken up to chaos, rough seas. The ship's going down. Things are on fire. It's just crazy. You you know. Next thing you know, you're jumping in the water. Like you wake up on a desert, like some island out in who knows where. You know, and all that happened from the bank heist. But it just kept going and going and going till here. And then Guarma is, I mean, obviously I would say that's where it's, that's where that sort of um, cohesive kind of cutscene mission thing stops in a way, you know, because it, it kind of does. I mean, it doesn't really stop there because, you, you know, you wake up and you have to stumble around and then you end up finding the guys, where, then you're instantly found and then you're in this chain gang thing and then, you know, the... Oh, oh, I forget his name. Somebody comes in like, kind of frees you, you know. Um, and you guys get away and eventually get to like a little camp. So that's technically where, okay, it does stop. Now you have a, a, rep a reprieve for a minute. And now you have missions on your map again. But, <clears throat> and so I guess in one way, yes, that's that's where that ends. It starts at the bank heist, ends now at that camp in Guarma, but even that is, in the grand scheme of the, the game, pretty small little pause. It's just a, you know, you got two or three missions there that are, you know, not decently action-packed themselves, too, but then after just those, like, two or three missions, now you're into already what I would argue is the next, like, super long, big cohesive, like drawn out cutscene mission thing that keeps you just like ensnared for a long time. 
And that starts with like, oh man, another epic moment to me is like that, that, um, that huge battle on, on like the shores and on that like old, like, um, abandoned, like fort on the, like that cliff, that tall, whatever it was. And I mean, they're just like bombarding you from everywhere, boats coming in and guys coming in from land and then they send in a warship. I mean, it's just crazy. You're shooting it down with a cannon. It's it's bonkers, right? And you finally get through that. You're finally going to get off this island. They got a they got a boat for you, but the captain's been captured. And now you got to go fight your way into there. And then and then you have a little standoff in there where the the main guy who runs this place escapes. But you know, at least you freed the the captain. And you know, now you find out all. Oh, He's going to have you guys shot down by his cannons as soon as you try to leave anyway. So now you got to go take those out, take out the artillery things, and then you end up shooting that that dude down out of the tower. It's just craziness. It just keeps going and going. And then now finally you're able to get on the boat and head back towards, you know, basically San Denis, right, where you just came from, kind of. You end up going ashore just north of there. You know, I, I can't remember where we go. Was it Van Horn maybe? Um, and then it just keeps going, right? Like you just, you dropped off there and now you have to get to, you have to get to Shady Bell. And so they conveniently place a horse there for you. I think most people just hop on that and go. And then that's a cool little ride cut scene there. Um, but again, you're just sort of like, it's continuous. It's not like you have the normal map you're on. It's just like, there's a line that says go to Shady Bell, right? And then you get there, which then kicks off like the the letter you find, Pinkertons show up, all of that, you know, whether you sneak out of there or take them out or whatever you do, and then you ride up to Lacay. Which I mean, it's kind of still going, right? Like from the moment of like you started that mission back at back on Guarma and that chaos. Now you're still going, and and now you're in Lacay, which then kicks off cutscene of you arriving, kicks off a cutscene of Dutch, Bill, which then goes right into Pinkerton showing up, and another crazy, crazy um, scene and mission and everything, right? Gun gun battle. It just, it just, you went into it with one mission on Guarma, and the next thing you knew, you were just absolutely ensnared in this thing for like the next hour and what seems like four more missions and eight more cutscenes, you know and they it's just really well done cohesive and they keep your attention because it to get through that in one one fell swoop it just lends to the immersiveness of it like the actual feelings of what's going on you if you chopped that up any way you wanted and just let a bunch of time go by in your life in between those 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 little events it would have a far different impact on you and that's why they did it that way and it's just perfectly done it's just really well done um again you think of these things as separate when you look back but you know most likely you did it in one sitting and it was all one continuous thing really um and then they do this again at the end i believe you know with like 
I think it starts with the, the train robbery, right? It's like, okay, one last train. Here we go. This is all we need is this this one last train and we're finally free, right? You know, it's like broken record, right? But um, so yeah, I mean, it starts with a train robbery and then it, I mean, obviously that ends with John being shot off and uh, apparently they couldn't rescue him. And then, and then Abigail is captured from camp. They were able to rescue Jack, but, um, you know, Tilly was and everything. And, but then, you know, Dutch is just going to listen to Micah and just, uh, we got to cut her loose. We got to keep moving. You know, you know, John is supposedly dead and, you know, they won't do anything to Abigail anyway. They'll just eventually cut her loose, you know, hopefully. So we got to keep riding. And it's just, you have that. It starts with the train robbery. Next thing you know, we're there where it's just like Arthur has finally had enough. He's not going to stand by any more at all and like let, he's not going to let John be made an orphan, you know? And so then you, it just kicks off into all that, like his, his interaction there with like, well, Sadie, I guess would be next, right? Sadie saying, well, we don't need them. Let's just do it. You and you and me, let's go get Abigail ourselves. So, and then, but there's no pause in between there, right? It's just like, it goes right from train robbery to Dutch saying, no, nah, we're just going to cut her loose to you and Sadie going to, to rescue her to now it's the big thing in um, Van Horn. Right. And then, um, and then Milton, that whole thing, you learn Micah's the rat, for sure, right from Milton's mouth. You know, you rescue Abigail. Um, then you have the big, you know, kind of interaction there with Sadie, Abigail, and Tilly. Um, and then Arthur's last ride. I mean, this, this, all this is just really, you're swirling, right? The last ride is just epic. The, the music, the some of those like some of the dialogue and voices from the past um just the emotions like that you're probably feeling at this point and it's just really just unbelievably well done because you you know this is coming to an end you know what's what's you don't know what's going to happen but you know something has to happen now and it's just a really epic moment that you were thrust into or like really well cohesively organically from a train mission, you know, a train mission, what seemed like ages ago. Now you find yourself, you know, in what seems to be your last ride back to camp to, you don't know what yet you're hoping to just kill Micah on site, you know? Um, but that's not what happened. But so it just but then it keeps going it just it keeps going right into that whole kind of little chat back at camp to picking sides to Pinkerton showing up again to escaping um you know your horse dying the decision you have to make all the way to the ending for Arthur 
And then that just goes right into epilogues, you know? So again, same thing starts with a train robbery and then look at all of the stuff you then were thrust into one after the other, all from that train robbery. They weren't separate events. They weren't separate missions or icons you went to, or you didn't have a breath in between them. You didn't, they didn't give you the opportunity to put the controller down and, you know, maybe come back to the game next week where, you know, everything would have just meant something totally different to you. You know, it would have just been different. And they did a good job of keeping you there and, and just in that cohesive, just long, just well done scene. Even though it wasn't just one scene, they, they did it really well. And that's what I, you know, I, I think we all kind of knew that, especially about some of this. But when I sat down and thought about individual moments that I loved, I started to find like, well, that one bled right into that one. And actually, those two were, you know, the same moment, really. The cutscene just kind of went right from that to that to that. You know, like I didn't, you didn't have a chance to like, they really weren't separate. You know, and yeah, the more I thought about the stuff, the more I was like, oh, yeah, and all these are all together and all those are together. Like they did a really good job of that at key moments, especially at ends of chapters and things like that. And it's just really well done to where that that is just kind of understated, you know, like how well you understand that these moments were all tied together real cohesively, really well done to keep you in that same emotional state and roller coaster like you should have been, right? Playing it straight through rather than letting things sit and and kind of fade away before you picked it up again, you know? They did a really good job of not letting that happen. Um, but yeah... Even with that said, just so many, you know, so I thought that was really cool. That was my observation. I, I really, I really liked that. I thought that was a under, really understated under, like, I didn't really understand fully how well they did that um, until I kind of started doing this exercise about moments and, uh, and it was, a, it was a fun one. Even if I didn't come up with, even if I didn't make that observation or come up with that realization, it was, it was still fun to think about these individual moments and conversations like, you know, Arthur's conversation with the the nun, the sister, um, shoot, I can't remember her name all of a sudden, but at the, at the train station there, really, really powerful, impactful conversation, unbelievable, one of the best moments of the game. Um, Arthur had many of those late in the game. F- late in the game, so many of his conversations were extremely powerful and impactful that was one of them um we had a couple with rains falls um you know that ride up the mountain and all that stuff picking some of the herbs for him like like that was a lot of good conversation there really impactful um with charles i know when he told charles about his health and 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 the situation and charles was really wise about you know, in many ways, it's a gift to know, you know, like, 
and it was all a, a, a few of his conversations were like that like well now you can now you can make amends now you can now you know like it's a gift to kind of know to give you that urgency to choose the man you want to be and and live that way like now a lot of these other fools you know just think like they have forever until the day they don't you know like and so yeah conversations with charles conversations with rainsfall um the 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 nun um several of those conversations late in the game are extremely memorable for me very impactful um like i said all the all of those things kind of kind of lend and lean into the fact that how just life-changing this game was for me and i think a lot of people um you know just really powerful a lot of that um there's so many other moments that you remember that just whether it be oh some of some of them are not even shared you know if you if you were to to get into your own unique kind of experiences you know out there on the trail you know some crazy thing that happened to you right like or something you did that, but maybe not maybe nobody else did right like you know i still remember coming up on the kkk um group in the woods by roads for the first time and the first time i was like what the heck is this there's torches in there and stuff like that i ride up and see them and i'm like what is this and just it instantly just pulled out a fire bottle and threw it right right in the middle of them started like pretty much all of them on fire and everything and that was just one of my favorite moments right of the whole game but you know that may not have been what somebody else did somebody else you know maybe did something similar but with a different weapon you know so um yeah that was uh you know we all have those moments that were maybe more more unique to us less shared you know um <laughs> i the i remember like if we're just going memorable moments you know i remember being uh, pretty surprised by the lion the actual lion <laughs> and that whole that whole side mission thing was kind of fun with margaret the the world's bravest woman you know <laughs> uh yeah that was pretty that was a pretty fun little side thing but i remember just being shocked when that lion came at me or collecting a debt i, I want to say it was a debt for strauss and the guy's hunting like a cougar or something in the cave uh that i remember that i remember you know kind of stumbling around in a dark cave listening to the the sounds of that thing you know snarling at me just being like oh my gosh and of course you know my first time in there uh that that big cat just lit me up it killed me quick you know and then the second time i went there, i'm like okay as soon as i hear that fool like dead eye instantly you know and i survived but like that first time i was i was like hair standing up looking around and that thing still got me you know so i'll always remember that mission for that um just several of those things little little things you know um there's a lot of them but and so it's it's fun to just think of like the individual moments like that the 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 ones that really stick with you for i think the music was a big one 
that first ride down out of Coulter at the end of chapter one, that music, that cinematography, amazing. Another low-key one was like after you, I think it's after you go to Downs Place, Thomas Downs, and beat him up in his um, little uh, his little garden there. Like, <clears throat> I mean, that's a very, very big moment of the game, but at the moment you maybe don't realize, you know, you don't either don't realize it at all or don't really realize it, you know, you, you some people may be like, ooh, I hope, I hope, you know, ooh, he was sick and he just coughed in your face, you know, like, uh, you know, pe- some people kind of knew, some people had no idea. But anyway, when you leave there, it's a cool, it's not just one of those where you ride yourself back to camp. It's like a cinematic type of ride to camp. Um, and that's, that's done really well, too. Some of those rides where it just kind of cinematically does it where... Um, it's a, it's a big moment, you know, you, you may not even realize it. Um, I'll always remember coming out of the doctor's office when you, when you realize you have tuberculosis and yeah, that moment you kind of come out and you're kind of walking through the streets in a daze and, you know, you see like your like spirit animal for the first time and I believe first time, I can't remember, but and you're 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 hearing all those those voices from the past, the old dialogue and everything. Like that's a moment you you don't forget. Um, man, you could you could go on and on. There's a lot of these moments that are that that hit you. Um, a lot of them that spring to mind that are really really fun for whatever reason. Um, and it's 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 just a it's just really, it's a masterpiece, masterfully well done. It's so fun to jump into that, that world and, and experience these moments again, you know, and having a ton of fun with it again. And my dad and I are still in just chapter two right now, but, and we've, we just haven't been able to sit down and play the next episode in a while. It's been one thing after another, but really excited. Uh, I think we'll be finishing chapter two in the next one. So, um, We'll, we'll get to experience one of those long, another one of those long, just suck you in, grab you, don't let you go for a while, you know, while you just go on the ro- roller coaster of emotions and chaos and your, your mind swirling, you know, so ton of fun, fun to think about. Like I said, I don't even know. I probably, I probably kind of mentioned about 50 moments in this game and m- you guys could have another 50 huge moments that I didn't even mention and I completely forgot about, but I would completely agree with you, you know? So please let me know your guys' thoughts, some of your moments, especially like if I didn't even mention your favorite moment, right? Or one of your top three or five, you know what I mean? It's like, let me know, like, what what, what did I forget? Because um, I know there's a ton. So yeah, let me know. Um, but yeah, this was a ton of fun. Um because you, you start thinking about one topic and next thing you know, you make a different realization. Like you start to find those, those moments where, man, it was just like one mission kicked off an hour of gameplay that you couldn't really get out of. And it, you know, it did that a handful of times throughout the game and it was perfect. It was well done, you know? So yeah, that's it for today. Um, as always email me your guys' thoughts 
uh, and comments and everything else. So it's uh, rdr2 underscore stories at yahoo.com. And then the YouTube channel should have uh, chapter two ending coming out soon, I would assume. Um, that's Gaming with Dad. And uh, we'll see you next time. Stay safe out there, guys. <laughs> <laughs>